0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. The building is- ah! Interception, and you're not down by 10 anymore. Andre Howe, his second interception. The- to get you the information that you need to you start your own business and do your own thing.
0: And I felt like it gave me a good perspective. I was
2: not the first person to go through what I went through.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Pope. I'm your co-host, Andre Howe. We got another exciting episode for y'all this week. We have an opportunity to sit down with a veteran, 10-year veteran, NFL player, um, 2014 Pro Bowler, 2014 NFL interceptions leader. With no further ado, we want to welcome to the podcast, Global Quinn. Welcome to the podcast.
0: What's up, man? How you guys doing?
1: Great, great, great. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Thanks again for jumping on the podcast. Like I, you know, stated before, most people that have um, been in tune with our podcast know that we just really like to go uh, behind the scenes of of what it takes or, you know, the stories and the journeys of uh, players that have made it to the NFL, you know, it's more than just the glitz and glamour, right? It's a lot of other things that have taken part to have uh, helped you reach that place. So um, we want to just dive into your story. We'll just start by just telling us a little bit about where you're from, what it was like growing up there.
0: Um, so I'm from a, a small town in uh, Mississippi called Summit, Mississippi. It's um kind of south, right, about 15 minutes from the Louisiana line, actually. Where I guess where Louis, where Mississippi sits in the in the boot of Louisiana. So it's right there at the line. Um, small town, country town. Um, you know, probably. My actual town is probably about twenty five hundred three thousand people you know the whole county is probably about forty thousand people maybe um so real small I grew out grew up out in the like i said in the in the country cows horses pigs, all that fun stuff man so um grew up around all my family you know we we grew up all together all my a lot of my cousins aunties uncles. Um, you know, close, close knit family, um, one community, everybody always outside playing, a whole bunch of my cousins, man. So I grew up playing with all my older cousins. You know, I was one of the younger kids, but you know, I was I was talented enough to play with them in football, basketball, baseball, whatever we was playing. And so I played with my older cousins all the time. And, you know, I just kinda, you know, made do it with what I had, man. I did a lot of Creative stuff, you know. I used to run through woods, you know, simulating like I was running football. Um, I used to do all types of stuff. Far as I mean, just anything you can think of in the country to to get stronger, because I didn't have you know all the access and all the resources that these that that, that they have today. So I just made do what I did, man, and um, play ball every time I had a chance and. And that was about it, man. That was about it. Went to a small school, and that was about it.
2: That's what's up, bro. I, I kind of grew up the same way, man. Like, I, I'm from a small town, too, right? In Louisiana. In real? Yeah, real small town, man. And uh, I grew up the same way, bro. Like, run, run, we, we, we worked at running 11. Like, that was our thing. We're going to run 11. Right. And, and it got us fast. It got us stronger. And that's what we did. Like, everybody did that. Everybody in the city did that. And, yeah. uh, that's crazy that you that you did that, bro. But I've been wanting to talk to you, man. You know, I, I met you a couple of times, but I never had a chance to talk to you. But uh, right, right. Nice to finally meet you, bro. I know I heard a lot of a lot of good stuff about you, man. You know, I played with JJ, I played with Kareem. You know, and they always talked about you. Uh, but that's, that's what's cool, up, man. man.
0: When, you,
2: when did you start first? When you start playing sports, like what? How you got into it? Like who inspired you?
0: Um, so for for me, man, my dad. My dad was a great um high school football player back where I'm from. And so I grew up hearing all his stories about how great he was. He was a quarterback, and um, you know everybody from where I'm from used to always come at me, man. Are you gonna be as good as your dad? Are you gonna be as good as your dad? And you know, so that was kind of like a a motivating thing for me, a driving force for me. Um, you know, and I didn't I didn't get to play any Pee Wee football or Pop Warner or anything like that. Like I said, I played in the, in the neighborhood with the kids, with my cousins and stuff, just you know, pick up football but I didn't play organized football until I was in seventh grade. Um, so that was just kind of, you know, my parents, you know, at the time we couldn't, we couldn't afford it. It was working couldn't get me to practices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I wanted to play, you know, I see all my friends playing, they come to school talking about their games and I'm sitting there like, man, you know, cause I, I used to, I used to, you know, put in work on the playground at, at recess, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, I never did get to play with them. And so, I just kept working at home, like I said, man. It's working at home, and when I got my chance to go play in seventh grade, you know, I was I was ready. I was nervous, obviously, putting the pads on with the guys who's been playing for a while. Um, But I just I just jumped right into it, man. So my dad was my dad was huge for me, man. I, I just always wanted to, you know, for one, make him proud, but for two, I always wanted to outdo him, you know. And I used to always tell him. We used to always talk about it, you know. I was like, man. I want. I want to make it farther than my dad did. And he went to college and you know for a little bit, and ended up coming back home and marrying my mom. And so I was always. That was just kind of like my goal. And so you know when I got to college and and played my first game and did all that stuff, I you know we had that conversation. I was like, man, Dad, I you know I, I went farther than you did. He was like, man, he was just so proud of me, you know. So that was just something that we the kind of relationship that we always had to where uh he inspired me and and you know pushed me and so like i said i didn't start until i was in 7th grade and when i did start you know i just kept going with it
1: and that's so amazing man i like just the uh the inspiration in in terms of the impact that your your dad had on you so what what position did your dad play and then what position did you end up what, what was your first position i'll say so
0: my dad my dad was a quarterback um and a defensive back and so for me, when I first started playing, I started out as a running back. In seventh grade, I was a running back and I was a linebacker because I was big. I was I was a big kid, man. I was uh, <laughs> my freshman year of high school. I was like 170. So in middle school, I was probably I was probably about 160, you know, mm-hmm. in middle school. And that, that's kind of big. You know, I, I got I got senior senior nephews right now that's like 150. So I was like 160 in in, in, in middle school because I graduated as a senior. I was like 190, 192. Um, so I played linebacker and running back. And then um, I played some quarterback because I, I could throw. And like I said, my dad was a quarterback. So everybody kind of thought I could play quarterback. Um, and then when I got to my freshman year, I played uh, wide receiver because I played, I ended up playing varsity football my freshman year and so I played wide receiver and I played corner linebacker man, I kind of played a lot of different positions man I went like I said I went to a small school so I was between cornerback safety linebacker quarterback wide receiver running back all those all those good things man kicker why, punter
1: <laughs> wow you, you literally did it all man uh and why are you talking about high school could you kind of talk about a little bit about the success of a high school was it what type of high school was it? You know, was it known for football, known for sports? Kind of talk about that. And then during your time there in high school, what type of success you guys had?
0: No, my high school was more academics. You know, we, um, you know, it was more of an academic school. I went to a predominantly white school. Um, so my graduation class probably read right at 100 people. And probably we had 40 blacks in my, um, somewhere around there in my graduating class. Um. So we were more academics, you know, our test scores were always good, probably the highest in the county. So that was that was our big focus. There was some other schools around us that were a lot better athletically than we were. And you know, that was one of the things about me, man, I used to get asked all the time by some, you know, friends and other coaches, hey, man, come to our school and help us, you know, play football for us, come play basketball for us. And You know, I just wanted to stay at my school and and build something great there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to get some, some you know, respect for for my high school. And so I stayed. And, you know, my freshman year, we went one and eight, I think, in football. And my sophomore year, turned it all the way around, man. We went, uh, we made the playoffs. We were i can't remember exactly where we were, but I know we made playoffs my fr- my sophomore year junior year senior year um every year you know we end up winning um d- district and basketball my senior year so my 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 high school years we uh had a good group of guys man I can't say I did it all by myself, but you know had a great group great group group of guys man and and you know we kind of kind of put My high school on the map, got a little respect for ourselves. And then a couple years later, man, my high school ended up going to state, Um, you know, and we had another guy, one of my cousins actually got drafted. Now he's in the league. So, you know, it it, 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 it turned out to be pretty good. But leading up until, you know, before I got there, hadn't had a lot of success, you know, a lot of losing. And, um, you know, we were able to come in and turn it around, man. So it was pretty cool. Uh, what
2: about your, um, your recruiting process, man? Like, what, kind of, what schools came at you, what schools didn't come at you? Like, how was that?
0: Um, so, you know, like I said, I went to a small school, so I didn't get super recruited out of high school. I was getting recruited by Mississippi State. Um, but the year I came out was the year that Jackie Sherrill left Mississippi State and Sylvester Croom came in. Mm-hmm. So Sylvester Croom's staff didn't recruit me. Um, and so I ended up going to JUCO. And, you know, in Mississippi, it's more community colleges. It's not like, you know, well, when I was coming out, it wasn't like open recruiting. It was like the Juco that you were kind of zoned to. It was kind of like your high school, basically. So and if you were an athlete, the schools had the right to protect you, meaning that, you know, if they protect you, they felt like you were a good enough player. They could, you know, protect you. And you couldn't go to another JUCO in the state to play sports. You can just go to school, but you couldn't play a sport unless you got released from your JUCO. And if you were a good player, they weren't going to release you to go play for another JUCO in the state. So I got protected by Southwest, you know, the JUCO that was, you know, right next to my high school, basically. So I went there for, for I ended up going for three semesters. Because uh, you know, I, I didn't go to JUCO, you know, for grades like, you know, a lot of guys I was a qualifier out of high school. I had good grades, all that good stuff. I just didn't get recruited. And I didn't want to settle for going D2 out of high school. I didn't want to settle for going, you know, nothing against the the swack or anything like that. I just didn't want to settle coming out of out of high school. I felt like, you know, I could I could have better options if I went to JUCO. And so that's what I did. And so I went there with the plans to, you know, play my first semester and leave because I, like I said, I was a qualifier. So I could have left, you know, after the first semester, but I ended up breaking my arm in the second game of my, of my first year there. So I had surgery, missed the rest of the season. And so then I had to come back. I played my second year there and then I ended up graduating. So that was that was kind of big for me. I was like, well, heck, if I'm going to be here, I might as well try to get a degree out of, even if it's just an associate. So I took 20 hours my first semester at JUCO. I took 20 hours my second semester. I took six hours over the summer, and then I finished up with 18 hours my third semester. And I graduated in December, and that's when New Mexico came down, and, you know, they saw me in New Mexico. They recruited uh, Mississippi JUCO heavily because... The University of New Mexico is out there by California, Arizona, Texas. So they don't get a lot of the, you know, upper-end recruits. But back then, they were in the Mountain West. You know, we had BYU, Utah, TCU, you know, some of the bigger schools in our division, in our conference. So for them to compete, they had to, they had to you know, really recruit Mississippi JUCO. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they came down and saw me. They had just graduated three seniors, you know, this, that, that's at the end of that season. I was eligible to come out mid year because I had graduated and I was a qualifier. I was a JUCO guy that could come in and play, and so that's how I got my opportunity to go to New Mexico. So yeah, I didn't get recruited heavily out of high
1: school, so I set up for JUCO man, and uh, and it was cool. So it's interesting you say that because I'm from South Florida, Miami. Uh, JUCOs is not high on our list, right? Is is I mean, we did because all of them are further away. So right. talking about you know leaving to go to a JUCO. So i didn't know much about the juco atmosphere like if i could do it again i probably would go juco route i ended up playing at bethune cookman university i walked on you know earned a scholarship began you know um played there but i knew i had you know the opportunity if i would have maybe taken the juco route. But some of the other guys a little bit after me end up taking that route and got an opportunity to go to bigger schools so and so all i knew about juco was not well i didn't know a whole lot but ever since this kind of this netflix show this last chance of you type deal yeah. It kind of brought a, a big spotlight on the juco kind of talk about your experience in terms of what the show talks about and just you talking about all these kids coming in and i mean they're recruiting now they're a different kind of aspect now he, they're getting guys from right. all over the place but kind of you know that type of atmosphere of guys coming in already knowing that they're gonna probably be in and out they got schools waiting on them it's just a matter of kind of just getting on the field qualifying for most part
0: Right. I mean, and I mean, last chance you, man, that's, that's a real show. That's, that's real. I mean, a lot of the schools that the year they did it on East Mississippi. I mean, I played against that school, you know, like they were in, they were in our, our our conference or whatever you want to call it in JUCO. But yeah, man, JUCO is, is crazy, man. Like people in Florida, we had a lot of guys that would come to our JUCO from Florida because like you said, Florida is not known for the JUCO, and it's crazy because you guys have so many athletes down there. So if they can't get into the big schools in Florida State, Miami, Florida, then it's like, what do they do? So they go to the smaller schools as opposed to just going to JUCO and coming back and playing. But the rules the rules were crazy in JUCO, and I don't know if they're still the same. But back then, you could only have eight out-of-staters on, on the roster. So you get all these guys coming in from out of state trying to, you know, make this, make the team and you can only have eight. And like you said, a lot of times you will have those guys who were already committed to maybe an Auburn or, you know, LSU, and they didn't have the grades. And so they would send them to a JUCO mm-hmm. Well, those guys are going to be on the roster. You mean to tell me we got an LSU recruit, a LSU signee, you know, he's probably a great player, a good player. So, it was uh it was crazy man but JUCO was JUCO was real life man like when I look at that show and I see how those kids are on campus and you know the practices the the coaching the the conditions and like you said it's you know I was in JUCO 15 years ago 16 years ago so it's a lot different now than it was when I was there but it was it's real life man and you know and like you said juco is only two years so everybody there is trying to like play like it's not four-year college where people are like oh, okay i'm gonna chill my first me year maybe you know play a little bit my second year and then i can start balling my junior nah bro everybody is like trying to play right now it's cutthroat um and like i said you get those guys that are coming in that you know the coach already got a relationship with this other coach that they brought him in; those guys need to play so they can go back to their bigger schools. You're there trying to get seen so you can go to a bigger school. It's um, it's doggy dog in JUCO, man. So anybody coming out of JUCO, man, I got I got mad respect for him, man, because it's 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 a tough road, but it's fun. But it's a it's a tough road.
1: And I like to always ask this question too, because I like to ask guys when they go through the recruiting process, when did when did they realize college sports was a business? So I can imagine you being in that environment, you know, in junior college, understanding how, you know, the business side of it really started to come into play. I mean, you know, what's crazy,
0: like, I, didn't, I don't even know if I understood all of that back then, you know, because coming out of high school, I go to JUCO, and, and they got me because I was, you know, by the time they recruited me, I was playing safety. Um, but the coach wanted me to play corner in JUCO, and I'm just like, hold on, man, what's going on? And he was like, well, you know, we got two sophomore safeties right now, so for you to come in and play and leave like you want to do, you're going to have to play corner for us. He was like, in our scheme, you're physical enough, you got good enough ball skills, you can play corner for us. They play, We play more like a cover two, roll, cover three type of scheme. And so I was like, well, cool, let's do it. i come play some corner for, you know. So that's how I ended up moving back to corner in college. And so I didn't really know anything about half the stuff, man. I was just trying to like like most of the other guys. I was trying to come in ball and hopefully get a scholarship to go somewhere else. That was that was the goal and I ended up getting hurt. And then once I got hurt, you know, I was able to take a step back and start seeing things that were going on and then we I went through like they did like a little I guess you would call it maybe like a little sophomore day where they had like the upcoming sophomores you know run and you know do drills kind of like a pro day mm-hmm. but for college coaches that came out. So then I started to see like okay these college these they're coming in, they're talking, this is what's going on. I see these guys come in, guys leave. So then I was like okay, I I'm kind of I'm kind of picking it up on it, but I'm still like I'm trying to leave. Like, I'm trying to ball, get my arm back healthy so I can get out of here. And what's crazy is that next year was the year Hurricane Katrina hit. So we only had eight games and two of them got canceled. So we only had six games. Um, but, but then, you know, when, when New Mexico came, man, and to, to hear the position that they were in and what they were willing to do, and then it was like, hey, we want you to come out here. they flew me out to New Mexico. Boom, put me up. I'm like, okay. Crazy! I I had no idea what New Mexico was or anything. That, like, no clue. But it was cool. That was my first time ever getting on a plane. I was like, wow, this is this is kind of cool. The city was cool, but I didn't even sign when I was on my trip out there. I was like, I kind of was playing hard, you know. I was just like, you know what? I need to go home, talk to my people. I, I already knew I wanted to sign, but I didn't want to just do it on spot. And so I'm actually it was, was crazy. I'm actually driving back home from when they had flew me back. I'm on the highway. I end up passing the coach that was recruiting me. I passed him up on the highway. He was headed down to talk to my dad. I'm sitting there like, how these guys beat me home? Like, did they get on the PJ or something? <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah, I end up passing them up. They was headed to my to, to my dad's job to talk to him to try to get me to sign. I'm just like, whoa, like this is this is kind of crazy. And I kind of played the game a little bit, you know. And then a few days before uh, signing day, I hit him up I was like, yeah, I'm going to come out there. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I knew I was going the whole time. <laughs>
2: cool. Cool. Talk about the team. Talk about New Mexico and uh, talk about your, like your individual success. Like how you, you know, New Mexico not a big school, but you you made it from there.
0: Right. So New Mexico, man, it was, it was, man, I had a blast out there, bro. Um, You know, I went out there on my visit, man. And, the school was cool, man. The city was cool, and like I said, the the team. You know, we were sponsored by Nike, so when I go out there, man, and they got all the Nike shoes and gloves, and I was like, wow. And the stadium was big, and like I said, it was sunny out there because I mean, in New Mexico, it's sunny 335 days out of the year. Like it, it was beautiful, man. And so I was sold from from the from the beginning, honestly. But, you know, the team was kind of like the teams that I had been on in high school, man. Like, you know, just kind of like fighting for that respect. You know, we, was in, we were in the Mountain West. Like I said, we had BYU, Utah, TCU, some of those teams in, in the conference. And, you know, we were just trying to fight for respect. You know, we was recruiting guys, bringing guys in, winning some games, not winning games. And, you know, like I said, same, same situation I felt like I was in in high school and even in JUCO. Um, and so coming there and being part of trying to make New Mexico a respectable university. And so my freshman year at New Mexico, we went to a bowl game. Um, my second year in New Mexico, we went nine and four, um, went to a bowl game that year. Um, when we went nine and four, I think that was the year. Was it? No, that would have been the next year. The next year we went, uh, we didn't make a bowl game my senior year. But we were we were good, man. We were respectable. You know, we played Utah that year, thirteen to ten, and that was the year Utah went to the Sugar Bowl and smashed Alabama. You know, so it was um like I said, it was just about getting us getting some respect for New Mexico, man. And um, it was cool, bro. I had I had a great time out there. You know, my, my I played my first my freshman year, my first year there actually would have been my sophomore year. It was, um, you know, it was just kind of getting acclimated. You know, I played I play pretty well, but I didn't really get any accolades. I got honorable mention in, in the conference. I ended up, um, you know, having a decent year. Didn't catch any interceptions at all my, my first year there. Come back my second year. The second game of the season, I turned my groin. Um, just tear it completely out the bone, like, crazy. Bled through, like, they rushed me to the hospital to have, like, they thought I had a hernia. But when they got in there, they realized I didn't have a hernia. I just had, like, a torn groin. It was, it, was, it was pretty bad. So I sat out for two weeks, came back. Um, you know, I was kind of in the rotation when I got back in there. And then the last game of my junior year, you know, I caught two picks in, in the last game of the season. So that momentum, you know, kind of carried over into the offseason. And I, I made honorable mention again, I think, my second year. And had a good, good off season that year, man. Got healthy. Um, had a good junior day. Some mo- the momentum was 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 turning in the right direction, man. So I came back my senior year, led the Mount in picks, caught like five picks. Um, balled out against the big schools that we play Arizona, Texas and m Had big games against those schools. Um, you know, made first team all conference. I won. Uh, team MVP. I was the only corner in the history of New Mexico to win team MVP. um, The second defensive back to ever win it behind Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher won uh, MVP when he was there. He played safety. So it was uh, just a great season for me, man. It was, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, And that led, you know, right into the offseason, getting invited to all-star games and and uh, combined and, and and led to me getting drafted. That's what's
2: up, that's what's
0: up. When did you
2: know you had a spot, like a shot in the NFL? When, when, like, when did you kind of find it out? Like figured out, I got a shot to make it in the
0: league? Um, I, I probably would say the off season of my, uh, going into my senior year, mm-hmm. you know? And like a lot of teams I had been on, all the, all the guys would be like, man, you a lead corner man. Cause I was like, I said, I was a big guy, you know? They were like, mm-hmm. bro, you a lead corner. I was physical. Um, I was smart. You know, like I said, I could play. And everybody would be like, bro, you're a lead corner, man. You're a lead corner. I used to be like, you know, I'm just me, bro. I'm just yeah. playing. Like, what do you mean I'm a lead corner? <laughs> and so going into – after I caught those two picks, like I said, the mo- I felt good going into my junior year. I mean, going into my senior year. And we had another corner that was rated higher than I was. So it was good for me because it was somebody that was rated higher than I was that I was training with, was able to watch and compete against. And then the scouts were gonna come to watch him play. Right. So I took that as a great opportunity for myself. So that offseason, like, I, I just kind of went at it, man. I got healthy, like I said. And the knock on me was they thought I couldn't run. But the knock on, but the thing about him is they thought he was fast, the, the other corner. Mm-hmm. For that off season, man, I was I was like getting after it, bro. And so during our off season conditioning, around a combine time, you know how everybody when you're in college and the combine is on, everybody wanted like, let me see what my two twenty five is, let me run my forty, see how fast I am, because you see the guys on TV. And so we did that at at my school, bro. And we put all the DBs on it together on the line, man. We was doing conditioning, and we was running sprints. And they wanted to race, you know what I'm saying? And, and they talked the coach into letting us race. And man, that was that was probably my coming out party, bro. Cause we had all the guys on the line, all the DBs. I was supposed to be the slow DB. And man, I probably chopped out and beat all those guys by probably two steps, man, in a in 40. And, I mean, you know, it's hard to beat guys by two steps in a 40, like mm-hmm. it's not that far. Um, And so once that happened, man, I I felt really good, man. I went into my junior day, I had a good junior day. And once that happened, I started to feel like, okay, you know, I started seeing my name coming up on the boards, more like six rounds, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I was seeing my name, so I'm like, okay, I got got a chance now, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm on the boards. And so I used to watch all the guys that was ranked high, like Malcolm Jenkins was ranked high, Vontae Davis, Darius Butler, all those guys was ranked high. So I would always thought if they had a game on TV, I was watching because I wanted to see like, what are these guys doing? Why are they ranked so high? You know what I'm saying? So did all that stuff, man, and came back my senior year. I, like I said, I had a tremendous off season, man. I worked hard that year, man, running mountain hills and all types of stuff, bro. And, you know, I had a good year. I was able to stay healthy the whole year and and played great. And I knew, okay, I'm going to have a shot. You know what I'm saying? I started, like I said, I started getting all-star game talk and combine talk, and I was like, all right, I I got a shot. You know, I just got to go and and perform. I just got to go and do my thing, man. And so that's what I was able to do, go to combine. I had a good performance. Everybody knew I could tackle and catch. The knock on me was can I run, and that's Mm -hmm. what people wanted to see, and I ran, you know, at the combine. I think I I was 205 at the combine. And I ran like 4-5-0, um, you know, one of the scouts. It was actually crazy. One of the scouts, you know how those guys be on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the scouts, when I finished running, he came back. He came up to me, and he was like, Hey man, you just, you just help yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, what you talking about? He was like, sure. I clocked you at 4 4 I was like, what? I was ready to go home <laughs> right there. I didn't want to do nothing <laughs> else. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. It was a guy from, a, it was a guy from Baltimore. He was like, I clocked you at 4 4 so I knew, you know, if he clocked me at 446, you know, I was kind of in that range somewhere. 446, 450, mm-hmm. any anything in that. So I was, I was, I was excited. So I finished up that and and you know, came back home. And then all of a sudden, man, it was just kind of sitting back waiting. But mm-hmm. I, I felt like, you know, my my stock had went up. So now I was starting to see like third round projections, fourth round. Um, so I knew then I was like, man, this this could happen, bro.
1: What's up, Hype family? Thanks again for listening to another episode of What's the Hype podcast. But if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenerships, so you don't even have to have a big audience. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm glad you talked about it because it leads us kind of kind of in the next question phase. I wanted to talk about the draft experience. You, you mentioned your combine, having a great combine. Did you um, start to take draft visits and, and, and kind of talk a little bit about that process and then maybe talk about what teams were showing the most interest during that time and what did you think you would probably end up?
0: Um, It was crazy, man, because you hear so much. You know, I had friends, and they were talking about, you know, their workouts or their visits, and, man, it was crazy, bro. I had one private workout with the New England Patriots, and like I said, the other corner was rated, supposedly rated higher than I was. And, you know, me and him worked out with the new New England Patriots at the same time. So I didn't know if they really wanted to work me out, or if they really want to work him out and just was like, hey, you can come along for the ride anyway, mm-hmm. just because I'm going to be there. But either way, I didn't care. I was like, but I get to work out for the Patriots. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and do my thing. And like I said, I'm going to compete. If they got him rated higher than me, I'm going to compete so they can see maybe that maybe they got it wrong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had one one private workout with New England and I took one visit to Atlanta. And what's crazy is, man, half the people that was on my Atlanta visit with me got drafted by Atlanta, wow. except for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and that was crazy, because as I'm watching the draft, I'm seeing the guys that Atlanta is drafting, and I'm like, man, this dude, like William Moore, he was on the visit with me. They drafted him, I think, in the first round. Um Chris Owens, another corner. They drafted him in the third round. All those guys, was on the, they were on the visit with me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Atlanta got to be. <laughs> nah man. Nah. So, um, but the, that process, man, was, you know, I didn't really know. Like, like I said, I, I had one visit with the Patriots. I had one workout. You know, and I didn't really feel like I had any one team that was just, like, on me really hard. Um, you know, I heard a lot from the cover two teams, the Tampas, the Chicagos, even Jacksonville at the time. And they wasn't even a cover two team. The thing that kind of hurt me probably was, like, I was a tweener. Like, they didn't know if I was going to be a corner, if I was going to be a safety. Um, so that was kind of, you know, the thing that maybe kind of hurt me a little bit um but yeah i didn't have a crazy you know draft recruiting process going on visits all over the place um like i said one visit one one workout and uh that was it for me man so it was it was a little weird it was kind of it was a, it was actually nerve-wracking because like i say, you hear all your friends talking about they got these visits or they you know they got workouts and you're like man they got eight nine ten workouts like 15 visits okay well we'll see so it was weird, man. I, I kinda had the same
2: experience too. Uh I had one workout with the with the Patriots, <laughs> with the Patriots too. And wow. he, he worked he worked us out. I'm talking about man, he yes. tried to kill us. He tried like literally try to kill us. Like who he was had, it, Nick Uh I don't know who it was, but it was Bill Belichick and some other guy. Yeah. Two, two guys. And they was throwing the ball at us like hard as hell. He said, You gotta catch him with one hand. We were like, What? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like what? <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> More like it was me and my my boy Kenny Ladler, and uh he, they they worked this out and uh it was just weird like how, how they expect us to catch this ball with one hand and they right, right. here throwing it as hard as they can but it was all I think it was, it was all mind tricks man they're trying to like see how how tell me how strong he was, or whatever but um I had no I had no visits only person I talked to was Rick Smith at the East West Shrine game and wow. they ended, they, ended up, they ended up drafting me or whatever but uh I had no visits I had no interviews nothing like that bro and I was like man like you said your friends like hey man I met I with them like. I ain't even nobody, like,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, it's should crazy. I be worried,
2: man? Should I be worried?
0: Yeah.
2: Right? And uh, yeah, you're right. It's crazy, but it's a crazy experience, dog. And uh I never want do it again. Like that was that was like probably one of the toughest times in my life. Like going through the draft process, it's a lot, uh, a lot dog. Oh. Yeah. No,
0: it's it, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know if I mean I guess they got to to do that because they need to know who can handle the pressure. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know this, man. The NFL is. It's a high pressure. It's a high pressure business, man. It and is. you know, if you can't handle the pressure, you can't. You can't last. You can't mm-hmm. play. Um. So I guess they gotta do it, man. But it freaking sucks, bro. It does, bro. It, it, does it freaking sucks. It man. only takes
1: one, though. You know what I mean? It don't. So when you even when you hear guys have all of these, only one team can draft you. Exactly. Right. So you can go yeah. on all these visits, talk to all these. It just takes one. One person that's kind of mm-hmm. it, that can make the decision. That's yeah. all. That's all it takes. And.
0: And another good thing, another way to look at it, you know, sometimes it is for different reasons, but a lot of times people have a lot of visits because people might have questions about those guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If they can look at the film and tell, Hey, this is a good guy. We, we, he has no background issues. He's been a good student. He's this. We don't really have any red flags on this guy. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to bring him in for a visit? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe that's a different way to look at it. Like, hey man, they they didn't really have any any questions. I didn't have any a lot of medical stuff I needed to do or anything like that. So, that's true. hey man, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that probably is exactly what it
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. All right, so we're gonna talk about obviously getting drafted, right? So you you sitting there, you are talking about the draft. Um, just talk about you being end up, you know, drafted fourth round. Kind of talking about you know. Getting that phone call, that opportunity, and then kind of the mindset—say going into this system and, and kind of going into this locker room. You know, how do I approach this situation?
0: Um. So. So the draft was. Uh. The draft was cool, man. We. Uh, I had my. I had my family over on like Saturday because the draft was three days back. No, it was two days back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had first and second round on the. No, first, second, third. No, first and second round on the first day, and then I think three through seven on the on the next day, and it was a Saturday Sunday. So like I said, I didn't have a lot of projections on that Saturday, that first two rounds. So I kind of had my family over, man. We had like a big cookout, you know, kind of, you know had my friends over, we played some games and stuff. Kind of a lot, maybe just to, you know, keep my mind occupied, not not think so much about it. Um, and so we did that for a while and then, you know everybody kind of left and I can't, went inside. So I'm actually watching like the end of the second round and I'm seeing, you know some guys getting dragged on like okay wow okay you know you kind of watching like okay <laughs> okay mm-hmm. and so um go through that and you know you don't get that call on on um on on the first day so you are just like all right man well hey go to sleep tomorrow tomorrow's going to be the day you know what i'm saying tomorrow's going to be the day so i go to sleep man it was, it was tough to sleep i was i i, I was anxious so I got up early, you know, I got on the video games just to waste some time. So I'm playing like video games, just to waste time, man, and hurry the morning up. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's time for the drafts. And so, you know, I get up, I get myself cleaned up, dressed up or whatever, put on some clothes. And uh, so I'm just sitting on the couch, man, watching the draft, like, and I only had that day, I only had like my mom, my dad, and then my mom, I think she actually left and went to church that morning. I stayed home with my dad and my, my she was my uh, girlfriend at the time. She's my wife now and my best friend, you know? And then like, you know, my sisters and stuff came out and that was it, man. Just a small group of people just sitting at the house, you know, we just watching a draft. And the third round, probably midway, maybe right after the Texans made their pick. And I, and I didn't, I wasn't paying attention at the time, but the Texans called me and, you know, a guy named Perry Carter is the guy that called me. And Perry Carter was a assistant coach for the Texans DB coach for the Texans at the time. And he's actually from the same County that I'm from, you know? And so that was, that was kind of crazy, but he called me. And um, you know, he would just kind of ask me how I was doing, and you know, he was hit me with the, "Hey man, you know, the guy, the guys want to know, man, if we draft you, you, you ain't gonna be scared to come out here, huh? Like, you, you know, you ain't gonna be scared to compete with Andre Johnson and all these guys." I'm like, nah, bro, I'm ready. Like, let's go, right? He's like, all right, man. Well, you know, we thinking about taking you with a fourth round pick, you know. And throughout the process, you know, I had heard stories about people saying, like, teams will call you and say they're going to take you, or say they're going to draft you and never do. Um, and so I was just kind of like, all right, man, you know, hopefully, you know. But then I get off and I go and look and see, like, the picks that the Texans had. And so I saw they had the 112th pick, right, in the fourth round. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Well, as I'm watching, I saw that they also had the 122nd pick in the fourth round. So they had two picks. So I'm just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, please don't, like, pass over this 112. Like, got to be right now. So we get closer to 112. And, like, I I don't remember hearing from any other team. I don't remember getting a call from any other team saying that they were thinking about drafting me um and then the texans get on the clock and i'm like all right man this is, this got to be it you know what i'm saying they said they was gonna take me with their fourth round pick and so now i got my my people around me you know everybody's waiting they looking you know they looking at the tv they looking at me and like literally and i don't know how long it was in 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 reality felt like forever but like literally nothing was happening bro like my phone like i'm literally looking down at my phone just to make sure that like it's on it's working nothing bro like and we just sitting there and they just like looking i'm just like hey man there's nothing and like i look at the tv it's like two minutes and 38 seconds left on the clock And my phone started vibrating. And I'm sitting there like, why my phone vibrating? Because I could have swore I had it on ring. Because I'm like, I don't want to play with it being on vibrate. I want to hear it ring. But my phone started vibrating. I kind of looked down at it. it was like, and it was like an 832 number. So I'm like, oh, snap, this is an 832 number. So I answered it, bro. And it it was the Texans, man. And I was like, wow, they freaking called me, man. They asked me. Hey, uh, you know, we we thinking about drafting you right now with the one twelve pick. You know, you know, are you good with that? You okay with that? And I'm sitting there like, you guys asking me, am I okay with that? Like, you think I'm gonna say no. You know, and I told I told this story on my uh on my YouTube channel. I'm like, you know, only person I've heard that say no is Eli Manning. Like, no, I don't want to be. I like I'll be number one, but I don't want to go to San Diego. Like, you gotta get me out. You know what I'm saying? Like most people are going to be like, yes, you know, especially at that point in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they asked me, are, are you going to – do you want to be a Texan? I was like, yes. And then after that, like I honestly don't remember a lot. You know, I think they gave the phone to Coach Kubiak, and I really don't remember, you know, anything that he was saying because my, you know, my family was excited. You know, I was excited. And then all of a sudden, you look up and you see it on the TV screen. and You're like, wow, man, I just got drafted. And, like, they're talking to you on the phone. They're celebrating in the background. So you can hear them excited and celebrating your family. And, like, I'm literally holding the phone trying to be like, yes, sir. And, like, I literally don't remember anything. Like, I don't even know if I talked to the DB coach on that call. Like, I, I'm, I don't remember. Oh, but okay. – <laughs> I, I remember them asking me if I wanted to be drafted, and um, after that, it's kind of like a blur. But it was a, it was an exciting time, man. You know, dream come true. And the, the the funny thing is, you know, I used to always tell my dad that I didn't really care where I went, even with even with college. I didn't really care where I went. You know, how I had to get there. I just wanted an opportunity. I just wanted a chance because I felt like. If I can get on the field, if I can get on the team, if I can get in the locker room, I show that I can play. I show that I can I can be here. I just need that opportunity. And that was the one thing that I wanted. And so for me to get that, you know, obviously being in the fourth round, get a little money. Um, I was like, I'm good, man. Like I'm I'm ready to go to work, you know. And so back then I actually got fortunate, man, because with Coach Kubiak, we didn't even have a rookie mini camp. Really? Um, we didn't even have a rookie minicamp, man. It was probably the most brilliant thing that, that has ever happened. Um, so when I got drafted, I stayed home for the next three weeks before I went out. But when I went out, I went out for OTAs. And so we showed up. I showed up on that um, Saturday, I think. We had physicals that Sunday. Um, and then boom, we were practicing on that Monday. Um, and we started out, you know, OTAs with, with the vets, with everybody. And that was kind of coach Kubiak way of, of doing it. He, he didn't believe in having a rookie mini camp because he was like, what's the point of bringing in all these guys that, you know, you're not going to sign any of them, maybe one outside of your draft picks. He was like, I'm bringing in all these guys. They're practicing with our draft picks. They're trying to earn a spot. So they are probably going extra hard trying to get people hurt. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the system. They don't know how to practice in the NFL. And I'm trying to evaluate these guys to see who can help our team. So his whole thing was, no, I'm going to get my draft picks in here. And they're going to practice with the veterans. They're going to learn how to practice. They're going to learn the system. They're going to go through OTAs. Back then, we had 14 practices of OTAs. They're going to learn the system. And then at the end, when it's time for mandatory mini camp, what I'm going to do then is that's going to be my rookie mini camp. But not only is it my rookie mini camp, I can have my first year and second year players that are still trying to develop they could also be at the mini camp, which they couldn't be at the regular rookie mini camp. Right. But he would give the veterans mini camp off. So Andre Johnson, you know the the veteran guys, the starters basically, they didn't have to do mini camp. He was like, I don't need to see those guys run another go route, or you know they've been doing 14 OTAs. Like those guys are fine. And so that's kind of how it was. I came out and we went through those practices and, you know, I had a good, I had a good OTAs, man. I called, <laughs> I started out, I called three picks in the first three days, every day, pick, pick, pick. I ended up with like five or six picks in, in my first OTAs. And they kind of opened their eyes because they didn't really draft me to play like outside corner. They drafted me to be a nickel, um, you know, play on the inside, make some tackles, you know, that's what they drafted me for. And then they saw me making plays on the outside, and so that that kind of helped me. And you know, it was it was crazy, man. I come out that first day, man. I had never played on the inside ever, you know, play in the slot. And I'm lining up my first day against Andre Johnson, bro. And like, I can clearly, I can remember vividly thinking the about the DB coach calling me is like, bro, you ain't gonna be scared to line up against Andre Johnson, right? And I'm just like, nah, bro. So like. I'm literally lining up and I'm thinking about the playbook trying to make sure I know what I'm doing. I'm thinking about, man, I'm in the NFL like I was just home on Friday and it's Monday and I'm on the NFL field practicing. I'm lined up against Andre Johnson and yeah, man, it was it was it was crazy. And my first day wasn't great, you know, like I said I was lost on the inside. I didn't have a clue. You know what was going on, but I found a way to make a play, and that's that's what mattered, right? I found a way to make a play, and even on the second day, I was still lost, trying to just like it was crazy on the inside, but I kept finding ways to hustle, get around the ball, make plays, and 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 that kept that kept the momentum going, man. So it was a crazy transition, though, man. I, I will say that it was a crazy transition, but I just stuck to who I was, man. My my preparation, you know what I, what I knew I could do showing up on time, being smart, learning stuff and I just let I just let everything just take care of itself, man.
1: I'm gonna let Drake kind of talk about this, but you guys story mm-hmm. is so similar like him talking about it, <laughs> yeah, bro. It's, it's crazy, real- bro. So, <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy, though.
2: <dog. laughs> I was seven round pick, so they ain't, they ain't expect nothing to me. Right. I came in like, okay, you a seven round pick, you know, hope you make a team. If you don't make teams, right, you go back home, whatever you going to do. Right, right. But I came in kind of like you, man. I came in like i make I'm making uh, Andre Johnson. He ran a post route. I think it was a couple of four. And I was like, stay on top, stay on top. So I'm back and I see him starting to speed up. I saw opening open up. I ran with Drake. Me and him just running. The ball in the air. I was like, okay, let me see what I'm going to do. So I jumped. I, jumped I grabbed the ball with my with my hand in my helmet. And I pick it over under Johnson. And everybody right. was like, what the hell? Like, is this seven-round rookie, like, that's under Johnson. Like, he did that against Andre Johnson. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's was Andre Johnson. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. let's go. <laughs> and, but I, I knew, I knew But. Being a seventh round pick it kind of like made me feel like I wasn't worthy enough. You know what I mean? Like I thought right. I think I'm go like going in the draft like that. Okay, you third round pick, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, the latest fifth round pick. Right. I dropped to the seventh round, so I'm like, damn, what happened? Like, what will really happen to me? What I, what I what I think when I declined the offer to the Senior Bowl, cause I, I felt it was it was my ego, all ego. So I got I got I got invited to the East West Shrine Game, and uh, I went to that game, played well, you know. Then I got invited to the to the Senior Bowl. After the fact, like after people said, you know, I want to go, so I right. feel a player like man, I ain't no second tier player, like you know, right. like, I'm second, so I didn't go. And I think that kind of hurt me because it, it it made them seem like I wouldn't wouldn't compete. Don't don't pick me, don't pick me second, you know what I mean. But I should have right. went anyway, you know what I mean, just just so I can show my talent. Like yeah, this this senior this senior bowl, like go show your, go show your talent, bro. But I declined and I think that kind of pushed me back a little bit, but uh. Yeah, like, like I said, I got in OTA, I got in the training camp, and I uh, just kind of balled a bit, man. I was like, okay, I, I, I can play in this league, man. And, like, just going through practice, like, just kind of seeing if you can play in this league. And, like, it gave me the yeah. confidence to play in this league. And especially going against Andre Johnson, man, and going against DeAndre Hopkins. A dope guy like that, going against them guys. I am like, man, I can play in this league, man. I, no question. I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, man. But yeah, bro. Like you talking, bro. It's crazy. Like it's like my whole, like you talking my whole life, bro. It's insane, (laughs) dog. Just listen here, talk. I'm like, bro. I went through the same thing. Like this is crazy, bro. Uh, That's 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 insane, man. But that's what's up, bro. Like I'm glad to talk to you, bro. Because you kind of bring back to me, like, damn, I went through the same exact thing he's talking about. Same stuff, man. That's what's up. Crazy. That's what's up, bro.
1: I think even if, as you kind of dive into your rookie season, because we just want to. You know, after going going through the OTAs and and doing this kind of dive a little bit and just talking about that first season as an NFL player, when did it really click for you? Um.
0: Oh wow, you know, when did it really click? Like I said, I I think for me, man, honestly, I I knew I knew how to play the game, and for me. So going into going into my rookie year, the first three games of the season, I was just playing nickel. Um, I was just playing a nickel, and my uh, the first game of the season, I played seventeen plays at the nickel, and we opened up against the Jets. We lost, um, you know, and I played kind of how you know how how I was. I could tackle. I was a physical guy. I was never just a great like cover guy, but I had ball skills for like zone. If I could see the quarterback, I could read him really good. I could catch. But I just wasn't a man-to-man guy. Um, and so then the second game we played against Tennessee, I only played 16 plays. Same stuff, though, all nickel and special teams. Then the third game we played against Jacksonville. And then by this time, they had got to the point where they were like, okay, we're gonna put you in. In the nickel situations, when we think they're going to run the ball, when we think they're going to pass the ball, we're going to put in somebody else, the guy that, that they had to come in and play the nickel to, that could cover. And so back then, Jacksonville had, you know, them big running backs, Maurice Jones, Drew. So they weren't running a lot of 11 personnel. And when they ran it, it was probably on third down to throw the ball. So I wasn't going in. And on first down, it was running 21 and 12 personnel. And so I only played nine plays that game, nine plays. And we ended up losing, and the secondary just played bad. And I was sitting there like, heck, I only played nine plays. Like, you know. But the coach came in on that Wednesday, man, and he just went off, man. He benched the guy that was starting, the guy that was coming in for me at the nickel, benched him. You know, another guy that was coming back from injury was like, he. you know, he had broke his leg in a training camp, or was it OTAs? Might have been OTAs or the first beginning of training camp. And he told him, he was like, dude, if you can walk, you starting this week, like straight up. I'm just like, oh, snap, you know what I'm saying? But they told me I was good because I was playing good on special teams. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to be active. These other guys just got benched. We had uh, Dante Robinson. He was going to be active. They had just told the other guy, you're going to be starting. So they literally told the two guys at the bench, you guys are going to be practicing to see who's just going to be up, You know who's going to be active. I was like, wow, this is crazy. So we go to practice on that first day, that Wednesday, man, and the guy that had broke his leg that was coming back, he was so excited to be back, man. We're going through ball drills before, before at the beginning of practice, man. He tried to catch a ball, uh, cracked his pinky. Like, bone popped out of the skin, man. Like, he had to go to the hospital, get it all wrapped up. But he was going to be out for another week. And so, it's Wednesday practice. This happened at the beginning of practice, right? So, they had just benched those other guys. So, we're going through practice. And I'm sitting there like, shit, I wonder how this going to play out. Like, I wonder who's going to go out there with the starting defense. Because those two guys just got benched. And the one that they said was going to start is hurt. I'm the nickel. I I don't even play outside corner at this moment. Like, hadn't had any reps with the with the defense at outside. Now, scout team, I was doing that stuff, but not with the warns. I was just doing the nickel. So I'm sitting on the sidelines, just like looking. Like, man, this is crazy. And the guy that they had benched, you know, he went out there and just kind of, you know, got through the practice. And so we come in on on that Thursday, man. And when I was in Houston, Thursday was, like, a big practice day in the NFL for us. We full pads, you know, one-on-ones. Like, it was, like, the big day Thursdays. And, you know, that morning we're leaving out of meetings, bro, early morning meetings, and Ray Rose come up to me. And Ray was like, hey, man, uh, they thinking about starting you this weekend. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, don't tell nobody, but they thinking about starting you. And so I was like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? And like, like I said, I'm nervous because I hadn't even been playing outside corner. And so we go through the morning DB meeting. The DB coach didn't say anything to me. We go to the team meeting. They didn't say nothing about the team meeting. We go to the D coordinator, the defensive meeting. Nobody said a word to me. We go back to the DB meeting. The, D, the DB coach didn't say a word to me about starting. Walk on the practice field, Thursday practice and I was always a guy I was sure I would go out to the practice field, you know, 30, 40 minutes early. Um I didn't like sitting in the locker room. I like to go out and get get myself going. So I'm walking on the practice field and the DB coach calls me over. And he was just like, hey, I gotta tell you something, but let's wait for let's wait for the other guy to come out so that, you know, I can tell you guys together. So then I already kind of knew what he was about to say because Ray had already told me this morning that they were thinking about me. So at least I thought I knew what he was going to say. And so um, I, the other guy gets out and he calls us over. He calls him over and he's like, Hey, you know, GQ is going to start this week. And he was like, You know, it's not my choice, but we're not playing good. So I don't really have a say so in the matter. And when he said it, it kind of like threw me off because it's your DB coach. And you, I'm sitting there like, What do you mean he wasn't your choice? Like, you don't, you don't want me to start, but. At the end of the day, I was like, I'm not really worried about you. This is my opportunity. I'm gonna just take it and, and and do what I can do with it. And so I leave him. I'm running, you know, to start stretching. The D coordinator calls me over. And he was like, Hey, we're gonna start you this week. Um, don't give us a reason to take it back, you know. And so I was like, All right, cool. So we go out that first game, man. And it was crazy playing against the Raiders, playing against the Raiders. And the Raiders had just drafted Darius Hayward Bay. The same year that I got drafted, he ran the fastest time at the combine. Mm-hmm. And that's who I was matched up against. And I had been hearing stories about how Al Davis to call down from the box, you know, telling the coaches what to do. And so I was like, man, he's gonna see this slow corner on the fastest guy in the at the combine. He's gonna call down, gonna have them run and go routes. They had Jamarcus Russell at the quarterback who can throw the ball as far as you can run and catch it. So I'm just like, okay. And I I thought about my plan. I'm like, I know I could tackle. Hayward Bay is not a great route runner, but he can run fast. So don't get beat deep. And they throw the ball in the air. Go and catch it. And so I think I had Hayward Bay to like one catch for like 14 yards, maybe. Um, I had like two TFLs, a big hit, um, you know. And that was in my first start. And after I, I was just like. I didn't do anything crazy. I just did my job. That's that's just what I did. I didn't I didn't go out and like create a play, a wheel or anything like that. It was just, if I was supposed to get to the hip and it's run fit, I got to the hip and the ball bounced back to me. I went and made the tackle. end up being a TFL. I got to hold a force against this cover too. They try to run reverse, get out the block, go make the tackle, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like I was doing anything extraordinary i was just doing my job and maybe they just wasn't used to like a corner that can just do his job and so boom i started every game the rest of the season and the rest of my career um and it was just it was just crazy how it happened they let dante Robinson go that off season and so that next year i was only in my second year and i was the veteran corner they drafted kareem jackson um and so now you got me as this fourth rounder that was still trying to figure out the league they draft Kareem in the first round and they want me to like you know mentor him I'm sitting there like man I'm trying to still survive you just drafted, you just gave Kareem all this money I'm trying to survive but you know I had mad love for Kareem man we had a great relationship man we still friends to this day man cool real good friends man so it all just worked out man I just knew like I just, like I said, I just knew once I got on the field, man, I could play. And and like I said, I I never tried to do anything super spectacular. I just wanted to do my job and make the plays that was my play to make. And, you know, that's kind of how it was, man. So after that first game, I kind of knew, like, you know, I, I, I could do this.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype Podcast? I've
2: been grinding my life, my life, been my life. I'm married to this guy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.